How secure do you feel when you're camping in your RV? Totally secure? Somewhat secure? Or not at all? Hey everybody, this is Eric Stark with the Smart RVer Podcast, delivering the smarts you need to enjoy the freedom of the RV lifestyle without the fear of breaking down. So that's what we're going to talk about today is the security that you can find in your RV, often in areas where you can't find security, if that made sense. All right, so it's been a while since we've been doing a podcast, since we're doing a bulk batches now. It seems like it's years between them, right, Alexis? It does. <laughs> Even though we're in this room all the time doing stuff. All right, so today we're going to be talking about uh, security for RVs. we got a couple simple solutions that maybe you're already implementing, maybe you've never heard of them, but anyways, you're going to want to listen and then next episode, podcast number 122 from the Smart RV or podcast will be about customer service. And we're going to dig into this because, well, I'm pretty much fed up with customer service these <laughs> days. And so we're going to do a deep dive. And I was just talking to a sales rep today, kind of explaining some customer service issues in the RV industry as a whole. And maybe you've been affected by it, maybe not. And another thing before I forget, and I keep trying to mention this, if you want to contribute anything to this podcast, if you've been someplace that you want to write a story on, or you have some ideas, use the smartrver.com website and use that to contact us and send us your thoughts or your article or pictures, whatever it might be. We're always looking for content. We never turn it away. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we don't use things right away, but eventually we get to it. Mm-hmm. And just so you understand why, is because the way we do these podcasts, we don't do one at a time. We do several at a time, and we're doing videos as well. We do everything kind of in bulk bunches, so it sometimes pushes things out for weeks and even months. You know, we have uh, Magnadyne. They want us to look at their internet system for RVs, which is really cool, but it just hasn't been able to get it, or I haven't been able to get it in the queue. We're working on it. <laughs> so sometimes it just takes a while, just so you guys understand how it flows here sometimes it don't flow at all <laughs> all right so today we're in, in the living your RV, or in the living your rv life section we're going to talk about using anytime mailbox for rvers and maybe some of you've heard of this maybe some of you haven't but it would primarily be for the person who's on the road quite a bit or even a, someone who has a business, but you don't have a legitimate mailing address. You don't want it to come to your house or your apartment or something like that because it looks so professional. But we're going to focus on the RV side of it. Now, this system is pretty darn cool. Alexa's yeah. come across this. And um, I like it. It's a really good idea. In fact, um, we signed up for an affiliate account because we like it so much. And so that doesn't happen very often. Usually we don't do affiliate links, not that often, but in this case, we did. We are. So if you're traveling full-time in your RV and you need to get your mail to you, anytime mailbox works. It's awesome. Now, Alexis, can you explain a little bit what the advantages would be to an RVer by using this? Yeah, like you said, you can get access to your mail anytime. It's it's super nice, and I, I think people might worry about what device it would be from but you can do this on a pc on a mac apple android smartphone tablet anything you need they've got you covered which is perfect for an rv or you know on the go 
So what you do is you select an address, you browse through the locations across the U.S. They do international too a little bit. Um, and you can see where the closest location would be for you to get your mail. Or you can get it scanned so they'll open it, you know, stuff you want opened. Um, you can get that scanned if you need it right away and that'll be sent to your email. So super convenient, super fast, um, really nice way to keep up and have your mail and not wait you know, until you get home after your trip to have all your mail. Right. Okay. So, all right. So to kind of open that up a little bit. So you download an app to your phone or you can use the web browser on your computer. Either way, it's accessible, but it's via the internet. So you have to have internet. And like Alexa said, that they can actually scan mail and send it to you. But you have that option on your phone. You open up the app. There's actually a button you press that says scan and deliver mm-hmm. or something like that. But you scan they So you give them authorization to open it. They scan it and they mail it to, or email it to you. So that way okay. you have it. So if it's an important document or something you need to see right away, they can take care of that. And also, you know, they're not just like trying to shove this in a computer and get it to you. <laughs> so if you're in, let's say, Florida, but you're you're using mail anytime mailbox and you're set up in, let's say, Arizona, so all your mail is going to go to Arizona, and then from there you can tell them what to do with it via the app or the computer. So if you want everything FedEx to you or UPS to you, they put it in a box and they ship it to you. Now, of course, you have to pay for that fee to have it shipped, but they can send everything all at once because maybe you don't need to see this stuff for four months, three months, but occasionally you want to get it or it was just more made more sense to get something sent to the uh, anytime mail, let's say in Arizona, than they would forward it to you in Florida. Maybe you're traveling, not sure where you're going to be, but you want to get it in your system, if you will. Mm-hmm. And Alexis, do you recall what they'll do with junk mail and credit card applications, all the kind of garbage you get. Yeah, if you don't want that, you can also let them know that you would like that shredded. So they will destroy it. They'll get rid of your names on it, important you know, information. They'll shred that and get rid of it. So that's kind of a nice option. Right. So if you're one that gets you know, 9 million credit card applications in the mail, they'll shred them for you. But mm-hmm. you tell them what to do. Yeah. And if it's junk mail, they don't shred it. They typically recycle it. Yeah. Yep. So they've got it covered. So it sounds like a really cool system. We liked it. We were looking at it, and I was kind of wishing I was some. I wish I was someplace else. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. <laughs> and there's a service fee. I think it was six bucks a month, or that's the starting point. So it's definitely worth looking into, even if you wanted to do it temporarily. You're just gonna be traveling for a few months, and you want to make sure your mail's taken care of. You know, even if it was seven or eight dollars a month and you know your mail's going someplace while you're gone, something that slipped through the cracks or you decide you need to get something ordered while you're gone, you just don't want to have it in your RV, so you have it sent there rather than sit on the porch at your house, mm-hmm. that's the way to go. And we know there's a lot of mail forwarding systems, things like that, but this one just really looked like a nice one because of all the options you have. And maybe some others have these, but this is what we came across and it looks really nice. So check it out. Go to anytimemailbox.com and you can get all the information that you need there. Definitely worth seeing. And if you go to our website or if you're listening to this um, episode on one of your podcast players, you can go to the description for the uh, podcast episode and the link will be there as well. 
That brings us to staying on the road. How secure do you feel when you're camping in your RV? Totally secure, somewhat secure, or not secure at all? So that's the question we're asking, and that answer is totally personal, so you'll have to come up with it on your own. But I know today, many people aren't feeling as secure as they did even as to one year ago. So I'm sure most RVers give consideration to where they're traveling to these days in regard to safety and the crime in the surrounding area and where they might be camping because it all ties together. You know, if you're camping outside of a city someplace or an area, a community, and there's a lot of crime there, it's probably going to spill over into the campground or camping areas, whether it's the mountains, beaches, parks, etc. So in some areas, it's getting really ugly and unsafe, where some other areas are completely safe. So you have to determine which is which and where you feel comfortable going. You know, obviously, the safer it is, the more comfortable your family will be there. You won't have to be worrying about your family. But sometimes, you know, it's a trade-off where we get into an area and find out after a couple days what it's really like. Mm Mm-hmm. So we don't want to underestimate how much crime can really be happening in an area and only discover it after we get there and our possessions disappear when we leave the RV for the day. You know, you go all day, you come back, you had a great day and your ice chest is gone, your chairs are gone, your bicycles are gone, the barbecue's gone, (laughs) the dog's gone. No, they left the dog. (laughs) The dog scared them away after they loaded up the truck. (laughs) Now, or even at night, you know, you go to bed and even though it's an RV and you can hear a lot, sometimes you can sleep through things, you know? Yeah. Actually, a campground where there's a lot of noise, you kind of tend to tone it, tune it out and go to sleep. And you wake up in the morning, maybe your bicycles are gone and maybe you had them locked, but they cut the lock and they're gone now. But it doesn't mean that every place we go to an RV to enjoy it has been ruined by crime. You know, some places have been completely ruined where other ones are starting to, you know, see crime. So we just have to be more cautious than we did a year ago. We have to pay more attention to where we're going, to our surroundings and such. And I think as we we watch the news and we learn, things can change in a minute. So we need to be very cautious. So for an example, in some areas, people have lost their homes for uh, various reasons. And now maybe they're living in an RV. So they go out and buy an RV, and it's not going to be a high-end RV in a lot of cases. It's just going to be a low-end something or other that they could afford, and they can get it someplace where they can now live in it. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's someplace where camping, if we're going to call it that, or living it is allowed. And then there might become a little community of people like that living out you know, in these RVs. They don't really have an income, so things are tough. And let's face it. Sometimes they resort to crime to get the things they need or to sell them, to buy the food they need, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. We're not going to go real negative on that. We're just going to kind of keep it as it is or, you know, what it is. Right. Or people might be living in tents that really don't have a place to go. Same situation. They've lost their housing or jobs and, you know, things are happening more and more today. So, and that could be anywhere. It doesn't matter. It could be in Montana. It could be California up in the mountains. It could be in Colorado. It doesn't matter. People are doing what they have to do. So you don't want to find yourself in a place like that where it's not as safe as it used to be. So recently, a customer of ours went to uh, California and he went to the beach to go camping there. And so this is what kind of got this on my radar. I've been thinking about it, but he really 
brought it more to the fore because of just the way he explained it, I guess, just really uh, resonated with me. So he goes to a place that he's been to before, and normally when he's there, he doesn't really have to give any extra attention to the surroundings. He just goes, camps, does his thing. He has a dog that's his best friend. Aw. And, you know, he has some toys and things and bicycle and such. And he's never had to worry about it. He's never had to be alert to potential problems. Now, this is the type of guy who would pay attention to people, though. He'd look, you know, sum them up, decide what he has to do. But he always was comfortable there. So at this, this time, he goes there. And just being 50 yards away from his RV, he was uncomfortable leaving it by itself with anything outside. Even with his dog outside, his dog's not an attack dog or anything, but he was afraid mm-hmm. they'd just take his dog, you know, and, and he didn't have anything of super high value, but you still just possessions are possessions. Mm-hmm. So it kind of changed how he camped that, that trip. So he put the stuff away, didn't leave it out, kept his dog in the RV or brought the dog with him. So that's one scenario and that's real life, and that's very recent. Another one could be, and I just heard this one recently too, the owner of an RV, you know, he had his bikes in the bike rack, and um, him and his wife, they're out camping, put the bikes in the bike rack, lock them up. So on the rack, locked up. So that makes it inconvenient and a little harder to do, Mm -hmm. you know, to get them off the bike rack, you're monkeying around with them, and he had bungee cords wrapping them onto the bike rack. Oh, wow. So they went and rattle when he was traveling, but he just put it all back together every night. And so they wake up one morning and they find the cable had been cut, not the lock, but the cable <laughs> and the bungee cords holding the bikes together. So it was all cut and the bikes were gone oh my while God. they were sleeping in the RV. Jeez. So things happen. So stories like this are becoming more common. You know, they're not becoming rare. They're becoming more common. I mean, my mindset when you're out camping a lot of places, you just want to leave it. You don't have to lock it up. Yeah. But that's changed. So, you know, the customer that went to California, he said he's going to go back, but now he knows how to be better prepared. So if he prepares for this year, he might be wrong if he goes back next year. He'll have to prepare a little bit more. But he's aware of what's taking place. So outside of... Booby traps, trip wires, <laughs> high-powered solutions. I have some pretty simple solutions to help, you know, protect your RV, protect your family and your possessions. Now, if we go back a little bit to episode 117, I talked about trailer security and locking up your trailer mm-hmm. so it can't get stolen while it's in storage. Mm-hmm. You know, storage is a little bit different than when you're out using your RV or living in it. Then in episode 118, I talked about the Furion rear observation systems, you know, and they have, um, you know, they have the potential to do um, five cameras on it, but I didn't really get into the security aspect of it because that's, now I just did it for whatever reason that really <laughs> wasn't there. But now we're looking at a different scenario. Things have changed a little bit. So we're going to talk about security. So there's two methods I'm going to discuss today, and maybe, as I said earlier, you're already using one of them, maybe both of them, but keep listening anyways. I always bring out some interesting point that you just can't live without. Right, Alexis? That's right. (laughs) That's a perfect answer. All right. So now let's talk about the motion sensor security light first. So the one that I have in mind is the um, Starlight's 
Smart Light 1000. So it's made by Starlights and it's a Smart Light 1000. And they also have a version called the 2000. So the 1000 looks similar to your typical bargeman porch light, which is on a zillion RVs. And then the 2000 looks like what is called a scare light, which has about an eight inch round lens. But the only thing that makes them different is they're a little bit bigger because they have motion sensors on them and some LED lights or sensors and stuff. Mm -hmm. So these lights in themselves can be a great security item if you don't have anything. You may you probably have a porch light, although a lot of new RVs aren't even coming with porch lights anymore. They have uh, LED lights for the patio awning, and that's it sometimes. So you don't have that true porch light. And maybe you have one of these or a, a, an existing porch light. So that'll make this easier. So the 1000, we're just going to basically talk about that because it replaces, you know, so many porch lights are already out there. Even if you don't have the Bargeman porch light and you have a Gustafsson or a Trimark, it, it'll replace all of them. It'll, it'll cover that footprint, the holes, everything else. So it's a pretty cool little deal. And one feature that I like that um, I don't want to overlook here is it has one wire on it. It's a yellow wire, and it's a trigger wire. So what that does, when you have it hooked up and it's working properly and the light comes on because of movement, that trigger wire becomes hot. Oh, wow. So it has 12 volts. So you could actually hook that up to a camera as a 12-volt source, and that camera would come on at the same time. Smart. Now that's pretty cool or you can have something else hooked up to it another light that just is going to be even brighter or whatever you want to do you know a siren a, a booby trap drip wire no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> but there's a trigger wire which is kind of nice so it's good to know that it's there whether you use it or not it's available and you know you could actually run that wire back into your rv as well and have another light hooked up to it that would come on inside your rv alerting you right yeah yep so it's a nice little function. So these lights, I forget how much they are. They're 40 bucks, I think. Mm. I really don't remember. I'm just shooting in the dark there, but it doesn't matter. What's your security worth? It's priceless, right? right? Exactly. Whatever it takes. So these lights can work really nice, and they have you know motion sensors, infrared, and they're, it's smart infrared where it's not going to pick up a, a squirrel It'll pick up a human. It goes by the mass of the heat. Wow. And so now you're thinking, okay, that's really great. You can put it on the side of your RV. If you have a porch light there, you're in with Flynn. Piece of cake. Now, if you don't have a porch light on the side of your RV and you want to put one of these in, you'll have to get 12 volts to it. Mm -hmm. But don't overthink that because most RVs on the side have cabinets on the inside with lights on them or TVs or something where you can tap into a 12-volt power source. So you can mount the light on the outside at the height you want, where you want it, and then you just have the 12 volts inside, and you can put a power switch on the cabinet, accessible from outside the cabinet if you want. You could put it on the inside of the cabinet for simplicity because some RV cabinets are they're layered. They're not like just one piece of wood that's three-quarters of an inch thick that you can cut through. It's, you know, wood, and then it's paneling or wood empty space paneling mm -hmm. makes it a little more awkward but nonetheless that can be done and that's a really great option because then you can pretty much put that light wherever you want you can even put it on the opposite side of the rv 
on the driver's side where you typically don't need one, the only thing you'd have to remember if you did that and you're in a campground, you wouldn't want to be going on every time your neighbors moved. So you'd have to turn it off, you know, during early evening hours and maybe at, you know, 11 o'clock, turn it on or something if they're not going to be out. Right. You don't want to be keeping them up all night. You'd maybe want to say something to them, see if it'll be a problem. Because some people, you know, light goes off 40 miles away and it wakes them up. <laughs> you know, or other people, the light could be right on their eyeball and they don't even notice it. <laughs> so that's a pretty simple fix for some security. So it could go where an existing porch light is. It has motion sensor, infrared, you know, uh, dust to dawn type of timing. So when it gets dark, it's going to come on. When it gets light, it turns off. You can put it where your existing porch light is. You can put it on the driver's side of the RV. You can put it on the rear of the RV. Now, the rear of the RV is quite often where you have a rack or a hitch and things like that, your bicycles. So if you have it back there and someone's monkeying with your bicycles, all of a sudden that light comes on, they're probably going to get startled and leave because they don't know if the light came on by itself or if you turned it on. Mm -hmm. So that is a way to protect your possessions. Thieves do not like light, period. Yeah. You know, your home should be lit up. Everything should be lit up. And not like a grocery store, but there should be lighting outside. I mean, yeah. every person in law enforcement will tell you that. Keeps burglars away. Yep. Keeps thieves away. Now, to really make this system super awesome, you add a Furion camera to it. Mm-hmm. Now, Magnadyne makes a really cool camera system, rear observation, but it doesn't have the functionality for these extra cameras that Furion has. And so, Furion would be the way to go with this. And I wouldn't dink around with any other brand because this is security. You need it to work. So, if you get their kind of their standard system, which comes with one camera and one monitor, you know, you can start with that. You know, maybe you don't even want the camera for watching the back of your RV, but you could mount it on the side of the RV by your entrance door above the entrance door, and you can see who's coming and going. Now, and I also recommend the Furion system because it can use up to four cameras. Mm-hmm. So you could have a rear observation camera. You could have one on the side with the clearance lights, which they sell. Then you could have the one above the door. And now the door camera and the rear observation camera are the same cameras. So they look identical. You just mount one on the side, one in the rear. So you could take that one, that system, and put two cameras on it, a door camera and a rear observation camera. And I think they sell it that way too as a kit. But it's super easy to pair them. So you could have the rear observation camera and the one on the side of the RV, let's say at your door, and you can adjust them how you need to, to adjust them to get the, the visual field you want. But these cameras are also motion activated. So when the system's on, they'll come on by motion. Then you would instantly see that on your monitor. Oh, that's cool. So if you have the monitor sitting at your kitchen table, which it has a little bracket for, or in your living room, wherever you're at, that monitor will come on and show you what's happening out there. Now, if you couple that with the light, the light comes on, lights up, and generally we can see things lit up outside through the windows. And then the the monitor comes on, light, camera, action, right? (laughs) Exactly. So either it's friend or foe outside. (laughs) Right. Or a big, ugly grizzly bear coming to get you. Yeah. (laughs) 
So when you think about that, that's a pretty cool way to go, especially with the Furion, because you can have a rear observation system, a security system, all at the same time. Right. And then the lights, you need to have lights outside too. And if you put one of these lights on the back of the RV, it certainly is gonna, it's not going to be a like, what did I do that for? Because you'll be able to use it hooking up your yeah. your tow vehicle oh, yeah. or your uh, putting your bikes on the bike rack at night, you know, securing your generator. You break down on the road at night, you can flip on that rear light, you know, where it's safe to do so. Yep. You stand out. Um, if you're parked someplace far away, you come up to the RV, you know, you can, your light will come on. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things you can do with that. So it's pretty cool whichever way you go. So money might be the issue and you're going to get into the camera system and, you know, that's probably going to be 800 bucks or 750 by the time you buy the camera and the monitor or two cameras and a monitor, I mean. Right. But you just have to evaluate that because it's not just one single purpose. Now you're actually expounding on, expanding it and making it better. Yeah. Yeah. And for our RV that we bought for our company, yeah, I was really going to go with the Magnadyne on it, but now mm-hmm. I'm really thinking Furion because of this and these lights. Like my RV doesn't have a porch light. Yeah, okay. It has LED lights for the awning, which, yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) They're there, you know? Yeah. I think the porch light idea is cool, and one of these lights on the back and one on the driver's side. Perfect. Yeah, 12 volts is everywhere. It's easy to get, and then you're covered. Mm Mm-hmm. And you don't have to worry about that point. You've got an RV. Not only is it secure, you know, it's going to light up like a naval or an army base in the (laughs) middle of the desert, but traveling things like that loading the rv packing it you know you can see now you're not mm-hmm. tripping if you're at night you know you have to leave at night for some reason yeah you break down and it turns into the night hours you know now you can see what's going on and you stand out you know super nice yeah invisible on the side of the road <laughs> so check that out we're going to have links to that on our website at the smartrvercom in this episode and on the the products page for products that we promote or we endorse and so if you're listening to this on, you know, your favorite um, podcast app in the description, you'll see the link there as well. Good information. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, we're coming up on, um, yeah, I'm going to go to, yeah, we'll skip that for now. We'll get to that in just a moment. <laughs> I was getting ahead of myself here. Um, sure. That brings us to the next stop. And we're going to talk about Acadia National Park. All right. So, Alexis, another one of your picks. (laughs) Yes. We're in the United States, so tell us about Acadia National Park. Heck, I don't even know where Acadia National Park is. It is in Maine, the great state of Maine. Maine. (laughs) Yes. Did we just have a customer in the store that's moving to Maine? I think we did. Yeah, Yeah. I remember him. Yeah. No, super, super beautiful um, national park. I mean, it's close to the ocean, so you can just imagine if you like the ocean. <laughs> no, there's there's a lot to do there. Um, do you like birding, Eric? Birding? Like shooting <laughs> yeah. birds or watching birds? No, watching them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yes, definitely watching them. <laughs> I'm not going to go out of my way to do it. So Okay, okay, I gotcha. Well, there's some unique birds up there if you're interested in that. There's also a place called Thunder Hole, which is really, really cool. It's a rock formation by the ocean, and it causes at the right time. So you kind of have to hang out there a little bit, which is okay because it's beautiful. But the way it works is the water will swell in, 
and it causes this huge huge wave and it's really spectacular to see so kind of a fun thing to go so that's like old faithful rather than exactly 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 just like that and then you've got your wild gardens um, of acadia a lot of native plants up there that you wouldn't see other places so that's kind of fun Um, a beautiful place to see they really take care of it well up there um, and then if you're a lighthouse junkie, there's Bass Harbor Head Lighthouse, which was built back in 1858. <laughs> okay, so that's some interesting things to see. So that kind of <clears throat> makes it a little bit wider, more stuff to do. Yeah. Uh, so if you've never been to the Atlantic coast, there's something about it that is just different. Mm. I don't know what it is versus Atlantic versus the Pacific. But yeah, totally different. Face it the wrong way. I don't know if that's in or there's just something about it that to me feels different. The water looks different. Yeah, it does. You know, you can tell the difference. That's just me, but you can. So yeah, that sounds cool. There's some places to go there, and Maine's just a cool place to go, anyways. That whole part of the U.S. is uh, pretty awesome. Oh yeah, exactly. Uh, The old England state is that what they're called? Yes. Yep. Yep. Um. Yeah. So Maine is definitely worth going to Mm -hmm. now. Every time we talk about this, places <laughs> to eat, what's cool to eat there? Oh, man. Well, if you're that close to the ocean, you got to have some seafood, right? So there's Getty's, um, which they just have everything you could want as far as seafood goes. So that's a great spot. There's Leary's Landing Irish Pub. You can imagine what they have. <laughs> uh, there's beer there. You can watch a game. They've got screens up. So kind of a fun place to go um online it said that the the bartender is a really nice guy so <laughs> i don't know if he still works there or not but apparently he's very nice and then we've got the traveling lobster which again another option for really good seafood so you got some some places to see and eat there <laughs> all right so my mind's racing with clever things to say about larry's landing irish <laughs> pub you know so walk in the front stumble out the back yeah yeah <laughs> Like a big giant party. Oh, yeah. Hey, that's all right, though. If you're out <laughs> traveling, that's what you want to do, do it. Go ahead. So, yeah, now the seafood, remember, it's Maine. We've all heard of Maine lobster. Mm, yes. Now, I don't care for seafood. So, when I was Maine, in Maine, you know, the $5 lobster or whatever didn't mean a thing to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they do sell lobster all over the they place. They do. They do. And cheap. I remember Very. that. Okay, so is Maine a hotel, motel type of place, or do they have lodging for RVers? Uh, They do have a lot of lodging options that are um, really beautiful. The Smuggler's Den Campground, if you're looking for somewhere to go with like a bunch of trails, you want to hike around Acadia or just around the ocean, then that's the campground for you. It's packed with tons of really close trails to it. Then we've got the Blackwoods Campground. Um, This is kind of neat because there are a lot of park rangers that lead activities and they do programs just about the park letting you know what's going on and those can be really fun and educational and then we've got the bar harbor campground which is packed with a ton of sites for tenters and for rvers okay so now we got to correct that right away all these other places are really cool smugglers den i like that yeah blackwoods (laughs) campground cool names right yeah now bar harbor yeah. If you're in Maine, they're not going to know what you're talking about if you say Bar Harbor. Really? You got to say Bahaba. Bahaba. <laughs> I love that. 
That's how they Manaba. say <laughs> All right, so that makes you sound like a local. Then they're not going to rob you and right. gunpoint and things like that, you know? <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. <laughs> Maine is not one of those places. At least last time I was there, it wasn't one of those places. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Maine has a lot, like it I said. It does, yeah. A lot of greenery. The ocean's cool. Mm, um, it's beautiful. You know, there's still people in Maine that really haven't traveled outside the state, too. And I was there and found people that they didn't even know other yeah. things existed. It was pretty wild. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And that makes it nice because mm-hmm. it makes it kind of a, I don't know, just a pristine place. Yeah. It's been all trampled by everybody. Absolutely. Very cool. Um, okay, so now that's, you know, one of those things you want to do in springtime, summertime, but we're getting into springtime now. That's right. By the time this podcast is published, it's going to be, well, we're already into springtime. <laughs> It'll be in April, though. So now is the time you want to start working on your RV if you haven't already started getting in shape. That's right. For your springtime travels, your summertime travels. And one thing that gets neglected are slide-out awning fabrics. Mm, True. Now, to me, that's the most important part of your RV because we make them here. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So SunPro Manufacturing makes slide-out awning replacement fabrics. In a 15 ounce, I mean, excuse me, a 14 ounce and an 18 ounce with a five and 10 year warranty. So seriously, check out the website, sunpromfg.com. If you're in need of a, uh, a slide out awning fabric, if you need any help, you can call us. Our phone number is on the website. Yep. That ties in with customer service that you can't get that I'm going to talk about next week because we believe in customer service. Our phone number is on the website. If you email us, you text us, we respond. Occasionally, we miss something, a text might get buried or an email, but overall, we try to respond every time. Yes. Customer service is very important. Yes. And next week, I'm going to talk about a company who brings it to a whole new level, too. It'll blow your mind because what they do today to take care of their customers. But I'm not going to give you that today. you got to (laughs) wait. So now, if you go to SunPro MFG and you want to buy a slide-out awning fabric, the coupon code is... The smart RVer. So that's one word, the smart RVer. And you use that in the coupon code and you get 10% off. Nice. And if you call the order in, just tell us you want the coupon code and you get 10% off. And just so you know, that'll be 10% off of everything on the website. It's not just um, for the slide out awning fabrics. So if you want to order a sunshade, a windshield cover, anything like that, you get 10% off. Awesome. All right, so that's not a secret between us. You can share that with other people if you like. <laughs> I'd encourage it. Yeah. Now that takes us to the final section of the show, RV Envy. And a couple episodes ago, 119, 120, we talked about RV thermostats for air conditioners and, and furnaces. Mm-hmm. And I brought up the Easy Touch thermostat when we were talking about it and i think i indicated we were going to do a video on that yes well the easy touch thermostat is probably the coolest thermostat you could get for your rv at least it's the coolest one i've seen and we love them they work great yeah so we highly recommend it because if someone comes into your rv and they see you touch that thermostat it lights up and it's all cool looking rv envy will kick in (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> See, that's where the crime might start. You're going to have to lock down that thermostat right. and get your neighbor away from it. No, no, no. Right. Don't even show it. He's going to steal it right off the wall. He okay. won't even unscrew it. He's just going to tear it off the wall if he's got to have it. <laughs> All right. Maybe that's an exaggeration. 
<laughs> but it is a cool thermostat. And just to show how cool it is, you can go to the link in this podcast. It's going to take you to our YouTube channel where you can see the video on it. Mm-hmm. Very nice video. It really shows how it works and how much better it is than a typical thermostat that's in an RV. Yeah. And you can also go to smartrvpartcenter.com and the thermostats are there. So you can also see which one will fit your RV because it's not one fits all because RV thermostats are very proprietary. And even if it's, let's say, a Coleman brand, they have different thermostats that will work with different models or systems and same with Dematic. So it's not just a straightforward thing, but they're all the same price. They're all the same size and they all have the same cool functionality. In fact, I just talked to them the other day at, uh, micro air and they're coming out with an update pretty quick here that's going to change some of the functionality it will make it even better wow so don't forget to use the link to watch the video and go to smartrvpartcenter.com to check out the product itself with pricing and all that good stuff all right we did it alexis we have come to the end of the show today celebrate wow (laughs) we got off to a rough start (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Had to redo it, but here we are. Here we are. Now we're at the end. So I want to thank everybody for listening today. This is Eric Stark with the Smart RVer Podcast. It's been awesome hanging out with you. So if I don't see you on the road, let's connect at the smartrver.com. <laughs>